another chance, God, to come before you, Father God. We just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the fellowship one with another. God, we're just so thankful on tonight. We thank you for our helper, our teacher, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you that as I um, teach your people on tonight, God, that you have already filled my mouth, God. I thank you, God, for giving me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season to those that are weary on tonight. And I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you that the eyes of our understanding is being enlightened on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe everybody was looking for a test, right? Some people come looking for it. I think we better give it to you since you've been looking for it. How about that? If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open. Let me open up the door. Come on in. No, we won't have a test. What I'll do is give you the last part of it tonight, and then we'll have a test next Tuesday if it is the Lord's will. And I tell you this, don't think that it's too much because it's yet not enough. If you take what you got little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, and just get it in you, whatever question is asked, you'll be able to answer it with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to call on him. Amen. We've been talking about um, the gifts of the Spirit. Um, We've been coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the ones that I have uh, been talking about is uh, the gifts of the gift. Well, I'm going to talk about the gift of prophecy on tonight. But interpretation of tongues and diverse kinds of tongues. We've been talking about those two. And these gifts are the speaking gifts. So tonight we're going to talk about the gift of prophecy and that's going to wrap up the speaking gifts i'm just so excited about what god has given us and it's not like we haven't had it before but i believe that god keep bringing it out more and more and the more that he brings it out unto us we can give it to others and we don't have to be ignorant of these spiritual gifts and that's what paul was telling them in first corinthians chapter 12 that he did not want them to be ignorant and that means not knowing. So once you um, began to be taught about these gifts, you're not ignorant no more. You know, in the Bible, it said that God winks at ignorance. He can't wink at you no more because you're not ignorant. You know. And when we do go into the word and we begin to study the word and we begin to meditate on the word and the word becomes a part of us, then that means that your eyes, your understanding has been enlightened. That is your heart. So whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. The more time you spend with this word, the more you become like the word. The more time you spend with the word, the more you become like the word. And I'm going to have to put this out here because I'm getting a nudge in my spirit on this. You cannot spend a day in this word and test the next day because it's not in you. You have to take from the past Tuesday on up to this Tuesday, meditating little by little. And the more you do that, you don't have to say, give me the test before I forget it, Apostle. I'm going to help some of you out. Say, thank you, Holy Ghost. He know exactly where you are and where you've been. Uh Uh-oh. It's exposing time. That's by the Spirit. (laughs) What's presently going on. 
let's just move on, shall we? <laughs> okay, so we're talking about these gifts. Let's um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. And let's look at verse 1. It says, follow after charity, that means love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. It says, follow after charity. So God wants all of us to have love. And when we know that God is love and that God love us, we can love others and we can love God. But he said, follow after charity because we know that these gifts work by love and desire spiritual gifts. All of us in this room supposed to desire. We supposed to pursue these spiritual gifts that I'm going over in 1 Corinthians 12. That is something that we're seeking the Lord for. You know, we're pursuing the Lord for all of these spiritual gifts. And these spiritual gifts, we um, said uh, through 1 Corinthians 12, that is as the spirit wills, but it's not something for us to turn on and off. Um, when we're in situations or we're amongst people, we've been in the word, the word is in us. And when we begin to open our mouth, the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest one of these gifts through us. So it's not something that you go out trying to do on your own. Some people um, say, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to operate in this gift. Stay home. Because that's you trying to do it. But if you have the word in you, the word is going to come through you at that appointed time. None of these gifts is going to operate opposite of his word. Because the word, when we're speaking the word, we're speaking what God is telling us to speak. And as the Holy Spirit began to manifest and he began to reveal, then people are going to know that it's God and not you. See, we're representing him and not us. So some people try to say they're representing God, but it's not God. It's, it's a person that's operating in the flesh. When you're operating according to the spirit, it's a flowing. You don't have to sit there and try to second guess. It's just like you just holding a conversation and the Holy Spirit is moving through you and it's just like boom, 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 boom. You don't have to sit there and think about what you're saying. Anytime that the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself through these gifts, you do not have to sit there and act puzzled. You just begin to open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will speak. It's an unction that comes upon you and you open your mouth, God is going to fill it. So it says that we should pursue the spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. So he wants us to um, pursue prophecy more than we pursue in any of the other gifts, and we're going to understand that. For he that speak in an unknown tongue speak not unto man, unto men, but unto God. For no man understand him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? But he that prophesieth speak unto man to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speak in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edify the church. And verse 5 is where I'm going. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesy than he that speak with tongues, except he interpret 
that the church may receive edifying. It says a person that speak in, um, that prophesy is greater than someone that speak in tongues. Why? Because the church is being edified. God want all of us to be edified. He want us to be built up. He want us to be strengthened. He want us to be comforted. And this is the greatest of all the gifts is prophecy. Why? Because it's giving you edification. It's giving you exhortation. And it's giving you comfort. The good news is, y'all, it's just not for a particular believer to have the gift of prophecy. All of us in this room should desire prophecy above all the gifts. Why? Because it builds up the church. It, it strengthens the church. It comforts the, ch- comforts the church. And it edifies. That's to build up. So everybody in this room should be seeking, pursuing, desiring prophecy more than you desire in any of the other gifts. And sometimes we try to look at, um, I want to do this or I want to do that. But God wants his church build up. Why? Because we as the body of believers, we go through things. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. We go through times that we don't want to come to church. We go through times that it ain't worth doing what I'm doing because nobody give me the respect that I need for doing what I'm doing. So I don't care what happened to nobody. That's when God sends somebody to build you up when you're saying, I don't want to do this no more. What's the point? People ain't hearing me. People ain't taking in what I'm bringing. But we got to remember it's not about us. It's all about him. So when somebody began to um, prophesy into your life, they're building you up. They're encouraging you to go on when it looks like there's no point to go on. So let's talk a little bit more about the gift of prophecy. When we look at the gift of prophecy, the Bible did give us a definition in verse 4. It says, But he that prophesy speak unto man to edification, exhortation, and comfort. I'm going to break every one of those down. But what happens is with the gift of prophecy, God is using a believer to bring forth a message from him that's going to bring edification, exhortation and comfort that's the definition what's happening God is using a believer to bring forth a message from him that brings edification exhortation and comfort that's the definition of prophecy God is using a message that's coming from him that he's given to the believer to bring edification exhortation and comfort So that's what prophecy is. Now, I want to talk about this. Everybody, all of us in the body of Christ that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and have accepted the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have nine gifts of the Spirit. And one of those nine gifts is the gift of prophecy. And every believer can operate in the gift of prophecy. Understand, you do not have to be a prophet to operate in the gift of prophecy. But just because you prophesy and have the gift of prophecy does not mean that you're a prophet. Some people are saying that people are a prophet and they're not. Anybody in this room that's a believer, as the Spirit wills, can speak into somebody's life to build them up, to encourage them, to comfort them. That does not mean that they are a prophet. Let me say that again. 
We have too many people out here that's taken the office of the prophet, which is a call from God that only God gives, not man. It comes from God. So when you hear somebody building somebody up, um, comforting them, um, bringing exhortation, that does not mean, y'all, that they're a prophet. Now, what I want to break down tonight to let you know the difference. In the Bible, you had the major prophets, you had the minor prophets. That's how they classified them. When we look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, um, and who else is it? Uh, let me see. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. It's another one in between there. Who? Daniel. Thank you, Gloria. When you look at them, they were major prophets. When you go behind them, you have like minor prophets. Now, let me explain. We went over prophets, but I want to go back over this again because people are getting the gift of prophecy and prophet mixed up. Now, we know through Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 11, it tells you that Jesus left what? Gifts unto the body of Christ. He left these gifts in the body of Christ. We know apostle. We know um, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That was the fivefold. And we call them ascension gifts. This is what Jesus left for the body of Christ, to build the church up, to edify the, um, the body of Christ. So these are the gifts that he left. One of them is prophet. But I'm going to show you how the Old Testament prophets is different from the New Testament prophets, okay? The Old Testament prophets, the ones that I'm calling out, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, and I'm missing another one, aren't I? Jeremiah. All of these, God spoke directly to. That means that every word that God spoke to them was infallible meaning that it come directly from God, and as it come from God, it was written. It was final authority. It was what God had given them, and it was written. This is why you have the books of the Bible, because God gave this message through the Holy Spirit to, to men to write down in the Bible for us, as we go back and read it, these were words that come from God, which he used men. These were prophets. These were mouthpieces that God used on his behalf. Remember in the Old Testament, when they wanted a word from the Lord, they had to go to the prophet. They had to wait for the prophet to bring the word from God. And, and I believe in the book of Samuel, there was no word coming from the Lord. And then God began to speak again through Samuel. And that's why the Bible says every word that Samuel spoke did not fall to the ground. So this is what happened in the Old Testament. This is why God said you can't add to my word. You cannot take away from my word because whatever is written is what's written. So these men got the word directly from God and it was written just like God said. This is why in the Old Testament they died. When false prophets went and said God said something he did not say, they died for that. Thank God today we will not die for lying on what God said because that's not how it worked for us today. But in the Old Testament, they spoke at whatever God told them to speak. That's what they spoke. This is why when you saw them coming in with this is what God is saying, they would say, thus says the Lord. 
because it was coming directly from God. And this is how you got the books of the Bible. Now, in the New Testament, I want y'all to follow through. In the New Testament, prophets were not done away with. Remember now, we still have the call of a prophet according to Ephesians 4.11. But what make them different? I'm going to tell you what make them different. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God come upon them. And they began to, you know, decree and declare what God was saying. But once God was through, the Spirit left. They only spoke as God inspired them to speak. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is indwelling us. That means he remains in us forever. That means that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to do like they done. You don't have to go look for a prophet to get a word. I'm going to say it again. You do not have to look for a prophet like they did in the Old Testament to get a word from God. Because guess what? This is what disturbs me. Everybody want to find a prophet to give you a word. And God said, I ain't giving you no more than what's already written. I want y'all to hear me. People go to these prophet meetings to look for a word from God. And when you go, if they're telling you anything outside of what's already said, you need to leave. Because God used the Old Testament prophets to write this Bible. So in today's work, dealing with us in the New Testament church, we only go on what's already written. That's all you go on. It's what's already written. So if a prophet come in town, that prophet is only going to give you what he said through Jeremiah. What's already written. He's not going to give you nothing new. He's only going to give you what's already written in the word. And I have to keep saying that over and over again because people are looking for something new. It ain't going to be nothing new. The only thing that's going to happen is God is going to give you revelation on what he's already said. Let me say it again. God is only going to give you revelation on what he's already said. You got too many people looking for a prophet to give you a word and you got the word. And when you get the word, when they're giving you what God is saying, you can say amen because you already been in the word. They don't supposed to go outside of the word of God. So that's a prophet in the New Testament. Now, how does this apply to us as believers? Like I said, you have an office of a prophet, Ephesians 4.11. God is going to call a man or woman to that office. Now, a prophet, they can prophesy. They can come to you and they can prophesy, and they're going to operate in more than the gift of prophecy because they're speaking what God is saying through his word to the body of Christ. But then we as believers... We can prophesy, but it don't mean that we're a prophet. All of us in this room can prophesy, but it does not mean that we're a prophet. And I think that's where the church is getting it mixed up. They see so many people coming in and they may say some, oh, that's a prophet. Don't call them a prophet because they're encouraging you. They're uplifting you. That's not how it works, y'all. So this is why you're getting taught to know the difference so you won't follow everybody that has a title prophet in front of their name. 
because everybody that has a title of prophet before their name don't even mean that they are prophet. Some of them have been put in place because they're uplifting people or because they're rebuking people strong. And some of the stuff that they're saying don't even line up with the word. Everything God does, he does it in decency and in order. This is why every joint in the body of Christ supply. This is why every member has a function in the body of Christ. No church can run by itself. What I mean is when God called me to the work, he did have me operating in all five. Why? Because this is what apostles do. They're going to lay that foundation. He had me going through all of them so I know who's coming in, who's going out. And God allowed me to do this because of where he was taking me. But some people think all you need is a pastor in a church. No, you need more than a pastor because you need that prophet to give that pastor direction and what God is saying to the body of Christ. Meaning that if that pastor all of a sudden say, you know what, I feel that God wants me to build another church. That prophet is going to come back and tell them what God is saying according to the word of God. So they're going to be in agreement when it comes to what God is saying. Let's say then there's an apostle. Apostle's going to make sure that the church that they have is running according to the way God would have for it to be run. And if that church is out of order, then that apostle is going to check the prophet and going to check the pastor and say, how can you run another church when this church is tore up? So that apostle done took the place of the prophet and getting on the pastor. See, there's a difference. So when you don't know the difference and you're going behind what different people are saying, then that's what brings confusion and there's no order in the body of Christ. God is not about confusion. He's about peace. God is about order. So that's why you have to know what the word is saying. Everything that is written is written. It is not going to change. That's what he used those prophets for in the old. And the Old Testament was foreshadowing what was going to happen in the new. Didn't it work out with Jesus? Everything they said about Jesus, by the time they got to this New Testament, it was being fulfilled. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the old. I come to fulfill it. He fulfilled it because he was the one. He's the word, y'all. He's only fulfilling what they said about him. Hey, here's the word. This is what God is saying. And this is why God said, you're going to know whether or not it's a lying prophet if it don't come to pass. Because whatever I tell them, you're going to see it manifest and come to pass. Whether it's three, four, five years down the road, it will come to pass. So you just don't grab everything just to be grabbing it. And, and the thing is, a prophet, and we talked about this, a prophet ain't coming down. If this is what God said, they're going to stand on what God is saying. Now, the gift of prophecy, again, is a message given to a believer from God for edification, for exaltation, and for comfort. Everybody got that. So everybody who prophesy is not what? A prophet. But a prophet will prophesy. 
But everybody that prophesy is not a prophet. So people need to quit calling people prophets just because they do what? Because they prophesy. Now I want to go to some more things dealing with um, prophecy. So we see that Paul said that prophecy is greater. And all of us should pursue prophecy. And the reason why, because God want his church build up. When somebody is going through something again, let's say Kwana is going through something, and all of a sudden, while I'm up here teaching, God used me to encourage Kwana. I ain't actually called her name, but I began to encourage in a way that Kwana is saying, God is in the building, because I didn't tell Apostle nothing that was going on with me, but I know God is in the building because he heard me before I come up in here today. So see, that's what prophecy does. It's going to build you up when you're ready to give up. It's going to strengthen you. At times when you feel like I'm weak, I just don't want to go through this persecution. I don't want to go through it no more. Everybody in the body of Christ need the gift of prophecy. And remember, they're calling it a gift because it's something that none of us in this room deserved. It's nothing that we had to earn or we had to work for. God is the one that has given us this through the Holy Spirit for him to manifest himself, to reveal himself to people that are in the body of Christ to say he is in the midst of us today. God is speaking. We need to honor God. When you hear the word of God, even through teaching, even through preaching, some people can begin to um, operate in the gift of prophecy while they're teaching. And if your ears are open, you're going to get excited because you know what? Wow, I just read that. That that just took me to another place. I'll give you, a, I'm going to give you the same example because the Holy Spirit is reminding me. One Sunday when I was ministering, I want to say this. I use me because I use me because I'm teaching up here. It's not because I'm trying to exalt me edify me but I'm just giving you examples of things that God has done so some people can recognize what was going on that's why I do it I had to do that for some reason anyway so as I was up here teaching one Sunday an evangelist y'all know evangelists gonna get hers I don't care where you go from the back to the front she gonna follow that word so I'm sitting up here teaching and all of a sudden God had me to quote a verse what was the verse evangelist But I cut it off and I said, evangelist, what's the um, rest of that verse? She continually disquoted the whole verse. That's a gift of prophecy because he knew what she needed that day. He had given her that scripture. So that just lit her fire. Like, whoa, God, you heard me. That's my verse, God. That's just really you. So that's why some people just sit in church and say, I was here. I showed up, marked my name off the road. It ain't about marking no name off the road. It's about coming into the house of God to get build up, to get encouraged, to get strengthened. Notice that when people um, stop coming to fellowship, stop coming to church, guess what happens? They feel like they don't need it no more. They're finding their comfort in other things. They're getting built up some other kind of way. How are they getting built up? Going shopping on Sundays. Getting extra hours on Sundays, thinking about what they can buy on Sundays. So people that drop out the church, they find in comfort, they're finding edification and exhortation somewhere else. That was a free one. 
because the Holy Spirit just dropped out. Any good? That's what he said. You finding it somewhere else. But we as believers, thank God he's given us a place of fellowship. Thank God he's given us a place to come together to get encouraged, to get built up, not laying in our mess, but popping up and saying, God, I thank you. I don't know who's going to teach in Sunday school, but I know there's a word for me. Do y'all know how important it is to get it from the beginning to the end? Some people think Sunday school ain't necessary. I beg you to differ. Because if God is opening up Sunday school and he got different teachers teaching, you shouldn't pick and choose who you want to hear. You should come hear all of them. Because somebody got something through the Holy Spirit that God is giving you to help you. When you get an attitude of, I don't know if I want to hear that one. I don't know about that. See, you judging. What you should do is begin to pray for whoever the speaker is ahead of time and say, God, as they open their mouth, I thank God that you feel it. It may not be what I need, but it may be something that somebody in the room needs. So I give you glory, God, for the ones that you have starting um, out at the front line. That's what we should do. Because every time that God send people to teach, to evangelize, whatever, We should be in that room giving God glory because he loves us that much. But people skip out on church, like I said, because they feel like they could be doing something else. But when you understand how um, the body of Christ should function, that should give you a drive. That should give you an unction to say, God, I need to be in the midst of that. Because the longer you stay out of church, you don't think you need it no more. Whatever you stay out of for so long, it's not a part of you no more. You're thinking, I can get rest on Sunday. But God has given us these gifts unto the church so we can be built up, so we can be edified, so we can be strengthened. So let's look in the word of God dealing with the gift of prophecy. So we see in that edification, I'm going to give you some scriptures where it shows where edification is used. Um, with different people. Look at Judges 6, verse 12. It says, The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty, courageous warrior. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty, courageous warrior. So look at what this angel was doing. This angel was building up Gideon. Y'all know what was happening with Gideon? He was afraid of the um, Midianites, and they were hiding and hiding, but the Lord sent a word letting Gideon know that he was a mighty uh, man of valor, that he was a warrior. But Gideon didn't feel like one. How many of us at times felt like, okay, God, I know you called me to this, but today I don't feel like I'm called to this. God, I don't feel like I'm called to anything. And all of a sudden your phone rings and God begin to send a word through a person and, and say, God called you to this. Be encouraged. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And all of a sudden you can feel God comforting you at that time. And you can feel like, okay, God, I know that's you because I didn't tell nobody how I felt, but you sent a word of encouragement unto me. Isn't God so good? 
Even at our worst times, God know what we need. That's why we have to depend on him and not trying to depend on people. I'm like this. God sees all. He knows all. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. God knows everything. He's all powerful. So when I'm going through something in my life, I'm like, if I have to call everybody and tell them what's going on, God, you already know what's going on. So I'm going to give you glory that it's already fixed. I'm just going to praise you right in the state that I'm in. And when God see that my heart is open to him first and foremost, then God said, I see you ain't seeking nobody but me. And those that seek the Lord, the Bible says he shall be found. So when you begin to seek him outside of people and put him first, that's when God said, I can trust you. I can manifest these gifts in your life because you're not going nowhere looking for somebody to say something to you. You're trusting me. So God will send people to encourage you because you're not out looking for it. God, God is always on time. So that was Gideon. Let me give you another example. Y'all know this one, John 8. Verse 10 through verse 11. John 8, verse 10 through verse 11. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Look at this woman's situation. She was caught in adultery. She knew she was caught in the very act. They brought her to Jesus for her to be stoned to death. They were looking for her to be stoned. But Jesus, he didn't condemn her. He didn't allow them to uh, stone her because he said, he who has um, not sinned, let him cast the first stone. They dropped the stones. So Jesus began to do what? Encourage her. He didn't beat her up because of what she done. Now, everybody want to be a prophet, right? God don't beat you up. He don't beat you up. If, if he comes in, he's going to speak truth in love. He's going to build you back up. He's not going to leave you where you are. Yes, the Holy Spirit, he will um, convict of righteousness. When we're saved, he convicts us of righteousness. He tells us what the word says. So Jesus did not condemn her. He just said, go and sin no more. But what do we do sometimes? You know you was wrong. You know you shouldn't have done what you did. You know God can't use you like that. Let me finish. Let me say this. God can use you. Guess what? Because it's a gift. It is a gift. Now, I'm, I'm going to put this out here so that everybody understand. Let's say Teresa messed up. Let's say Teresa told a lie. They call it a little white lie. I wonder why they call it a little white lie. I'm trying to figure that one out. Anybody know about that? Anybody? Why didn't they call it the black lie? Call it a little white lie. Anyway, I was just wondering about that. Anyway, um, so that's what Teresa done. So Teresa's feeling as if I've told a lie, so God can't use me. So God is saying, the gift that I have given you is something you didn't have to earn, you didn't have to work for. I know your heart. And your heart is a repenting heart. Your heart is a heart that say, God, I was wrong for what I'd done. So God can use her the way he want to use her. But the enemy want her to stay condemned so that gift of prophecy will not come through her. Let's say Teresa said, I ain't even going to go to Bible study now. Ain't no point of me being there. I done told a lie and somebody going to find out I told a lie. It ain't about her. 
It's about what God want to do in her life. So if she's staying open unto God, she will come up in here. She will begin to encourage somebody outside of what she done. Because God said, baby, I gave you the gift. It's something you don't have to earn. You don't have to work for. He said, the gift is yours. I'm not going to take back the gift because you told a lie. In that case, you're not usable all the way around. Now, I'm not saying that now if her life is always reflecting a lie, even though God's using her, nobody don't hear what she got to say. That's what happens. If you got a person that's getting up and they're prophesying, the gift of prophecy is at work, and you know that it's directly from the scripture, it's what God is saying, and all of a sudden you see in that person lying, cheating, fornicating, and all that stuff, then they get up and say, oh, I got a word for the church. Maybe what God is saying, but nobody don't want it. Because of the lifestyle that you live in. And and this is what God is saying tonight. You turn people away from you. It ain't that God turned people away from you. You turn people away from you. Because I don't like two-faced. I don't like a person that can't forgive me, but you got a word for the church. Let me say it again. I don't like a person that cannot forgive me, but you got a word you want to tell the church and you still walking in unforgiveness. Guess what? The person that you can't forgive is saying, don't believe that mess. Don't believe that mess. They just cursed me out last night. Haven't even called back. The, you just lost that person. Even though you speaking, you done lost that person because of your attitude. Or a person is saying, God is saying, I see, I see, I see. Are you seeing you? Because you know if you have unforgiveness in your heart and why you giving that word, you're going to feel condemned because you know what you said. This is why we have to get it right so we won't be held back with what God has given us. God don't take back his gifts. He don't revoke them. So that's why we have to check ourselves every day according to the word. Because when you keep messing up and messing up, this pastor is going to say, sit down. Take a seat. That don't line up. That's not right. You can't go on like this. People are not receiving you because of your attitude. It ain't because of who he is. It's because of who you're trying to get him to be. God is a loving God. God don't do what you're doing. And it's time for you to go to God and sincerely ask God to forgive you, which we know he already have. But you coming up in here trying to be seen, heard, and attached to, and you got things that you need to take care of. See, God is going to always have somebody in place for everybody to let them know, uh-uh, that ain't right. That don't line up with scripture. That's not what God is saying. So we have to be careful, y'all. That's why we have to check ourselves to say, God, why do I get angry so much? God, why do I get offended so much? Because people would be turned off by that. Even though you're telling the truth, you're speaking the word, they're saying, oh, Lord, here they come. I don't want to hear them today. I ain't got time for that foolishness. Ain't nothing but foolishness. So make sure you stay in alignment with the word of God. So let's look at some more scriptures. Dealing with edification to build you up. Mark 5:36. I'm giving you all these to back up what I'm saying, but y'all know I don't ask for all of these on no test, but it's good to have them. Mark 5:36 said, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, 
He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. This was Jairus when his daughter, they said she was dead. Don't bother the master any longer. So when Jesus heard that, he began to build him up. He began to strengthen him. And he said, be not afraid, only believe. So that's what edification is. It builds you up. It charges you up. It strengthens you. So someone who's prophesying unto you, they're going to build you up, strengthen you. And they're going to charge you up. That's what edification is. Um, I was hearing this uh, story, which was a true story. It was a minister. Um, He was teaching people from the Bible, dealing with the gift of prophecy and telling them that everybody should operate in this gift. It's for all believers. So what they would do, they would come together. They would get taught. And as he would read the scriptures, so on, so on, this lady come up to him. Now, his wife was pregnant with the child. The lady come up to him and said, "Um, I got a message. The baby that your wife is having, she will have that child, but she will die in childbirth. He said what he did, he went and he began to pray. He didn't tell nobody nothing that this woman had told him, but he sought the Lord. He began to pray. He left it alone. He said, my child is 27 years old today. And my wife did not die. She is still living. He said, this is why you have to be careful when you come before people and saying what God is saying when it's not God. That is no prophecy. That's not the gift of prophecy. The prophecy build you up. It strengthens you. It comforts you. I guess she was saying, I'm going to comfort you before it happened. But that's not God. Poor man. He probably was, why he waiting on the woman to have the baby. The enemy wanted him to see death. Now, what if he had a spoke death? He said, I never told my wife that. He did right. Because if that woman had to live with hearing that, that's the fear that would come on her. She would be waiting to die after the baby was born. And then the enemy would have got what um, that person has said unto him. So I'm going to tell you something. Be so careful. When people come up to you and they begin to prophesy to you, remember what prophecy does. And I think people get the other gifts mixed up with prophecy. Prophecy is going to bring edification, exhortation, and it's going to bring comfort to you. Now let's look at the exhortation. Acts 2 verse 40. Exhortation is to encourage, to motivate believers to fulfill the will of God in their lives to stir up exhortation is encouragement to motivate believers to fulfill the will of God in their lives to stir up acts 2 verse 40 this is what Peter was saying to them after um, Peter um, did the sermon he said I'm reading out the expanded Bible Peter warned them with many other words he begged pleaded with exhorted urged them save yourself from the evil of today's people this corrupt crooked perverse generation so what peter was telling them to do he was motivating those believers when you um use exhortation you motivating people to do the will of god outside of what they're seeing we have to keep um believers motivated we have to keep them stirred up i don't know about you my walk with god every day I need encouragement. I don't know about you. Every day you need to be encouraged. You need to be motivated. You need to be stirred up because it's some days you just feeling like, what's the use? God, you called me to this. You chose me for this. But Lord, it looked like it's going to be a long journey. So he was encouraging them. 
He was mo- motivating them. So here go another scripture. Acts 14.22. Confirming the souls of the disciples. I mean 14.22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorted them to continue in the faith. And that we must, must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. This was Barnabas and this was Paul. Paul and Barnabas was encouraging the people and he told them that they're going to have much tribulation to enter in the kingdom of God. So what he was doing, he was telling them, continue in the faith. These are some of the things that you are going to go through. Now I want to point this out. Remember I said prophets will operate in the gift of prophecy. If you go to Acts 13.1, it tells you there that now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. They began to name certain ones in the church that was prophets and teachers. Did not say which was which, but they began to name them, right? So when we get to Acts 14.22, you got Paul and Barnabas, and they began to encourage the people. They began to... um, motivate them to fulfill the will of God in their lives outside of the persecution and the tribulations they were going through. Remember I said a prophet will do what? They will prophesy. So you're going to see prophets prophesying, but everybody that prophesy, y'all, is not a prophet. So don't get that mixed up. Some people tell people that are unlearned, you certainly are a prophet because what you told me, nobody didn't know it but God. Hold it. That's a word of knowledge. See, they got it mixed up. You can have that um, word of knowledge mixed up with the gift of prophecy. Word of knowledge is going to tell you presently what's going on in your life, right? But then the gift of prophecy might kick in and build you up with what's going on in your life. Is that not what Paul and Barnabas did here? They were going through much tribulation. They were going through some things right then, but he was letting them know, be encouraged. You know, in order for you to fulfill the will of God, you're going to go through. What am I telling you? You're going to go through to fulfill the will of God. God is saying, be encouraged and, you know, keep the faith. Let me give you Acts 15, 22. It says, then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Justice, surnamed Barsabbas. And Silas, chief men among the brethren. The reason why I'm giving you 1532, because you see that he sent um, these men. I'm sorry, I'm doing 1522, then I'm going to 32. I'm just backing up a little bit. It is 32. But he sent, then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their company to Antioch with Paul and Barsabas, namely Justice, surnamed Barsabas. The reason why he sent them, now I'm going to 32, and Justice and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. What was these prophets doing? Giving them encouragement. Because what they were telling them to do, if you read 15, they were telling them to abstain from idols and from you know, blood, you know, eating blood and all of this stuff. And these prophets came in, which they did not know, 
what was going on with the letter that Paul and Barnabas were sending. They came in and they began to encourage them through what that letter was saying unto them. So why am I bringing you this scripture? Prophets prophesy, but everybody that prophesy is no prophet. I just bought this scripture, Acts 15, 32, to let you know these two prophets here was exhorting the people through what they heard. It said, and Justice and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. They were encouraging them not to lose faith through what they heard from the ones that was bringing these words, these letters. That's why I gave you that. I'm trying to prove in scripture that we have to be careful. Everybody that prophesy is not a prophet. These two were prophets and they were prophesying. They were exhorting. They were encouraging. Amen. Got it, Kwan. Kwan, look at me. I'm like, ain't no glasses on a. Kwan was squinting up like, huh? What'd you say? Huh? Holy Spirit reveal it to Kwan. I hope I ain't moving too fast, but I want to give y'all those, that confirmation. Comfort. Let's look at the word comfort. Comfort means to soothe in a time of sorrow, to heal one of distress, to remove hurt in a time of sadness. If y'all spend less time trying to write everything down and go back to that broadcast, you'll be good. Because you'll miss something trying to write everything down that I'm saying. You'll leave it out, not unless y'all got some shorthanded people up in here. I believe I got a few. Okay, let me give you a scripture that deals with, with comfort. Isaiah 40, verse 1 through verse 2. It says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell her that her sad days are gone. Her sins are pardoned, and I have punished her in full for all her sins. Isn't that some comfort? He was letting them know their days of punishment is over. I'm like, glory God. How many of y'all wouldn't be glad to hear that? If the enemy been tormenting you for so long in an area of your life that just feel like you couldn't sleep, you couldn't rest, and then uh, um, somebody come in and begin to prophesy to you and say, your days of torment, God said, is over. It has ended today. No more sleepless nights. Now you can lay down and rest. Your sleep, Teresa, shall be sleep, uh, sweet. When you roll to the left and you roll to the right, you don't have to be rolling no more. It don't have to be a dip in the mattress because God has brought you comfort on tonight. You don't have to wonder no more. Isn't God so good? God know what you need and when you need it. God said, I already said yes to you. And when I say yes, I don't take back my yes because it's amen. It means it is so. You're thinking too much. You're rolling over that too much. He said, you're missing me because you're thinking too much. He said, I already given you the answer. God is just that good, Teresa. He's just that good. Just that good. God, we give you glory. Let me stop right there. Come on up here, Teresa.
1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 through verse 5. It's going to edify the church. It's going to build up the church. And I think I went over, I did go over um, the difference between a prophet and the gift of prophecy. And I pray that everybody understand that. And prophecy is for them that believe. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 through, 22 through 25. 1 Corinthians 14, 22 through 25. And to verify what I was saying about the prophets, how God um, spoke directly to the Old Testament prophets, and then they brought, um, then it was written what God has spoke through them. 2 Peter 1, verse 21. 2 Peter 1. Verse 21. So seek, pursue after the gift of prophecy because everybody in the body of Christ need to be built up. They need to be encouraged. They need to be comforted. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I know I need it. And thank God that that gift of prophecy is out there. And we need to be in our word, be in the word of God. So that way, when we bring forth what God is saying, it is verified through the word. Now, I want to say this too. understand in the Old Testament, the prophets, when they spoke, they spoke directly what God said, because it's written. It was no error in what they spoke. New Testament prophets, the ones that are in the office of a prophet, they make error. Can I tell you how? When they get a message from God. And they get revelation from God for that message. They may begin to speak that message. And it may not be exactly what God said. Why? Because it's different from the old. The Old Testament prophets heard directly from God. I'm not saying New Testament prophets don't. But we have, um, we're human. So sometimes we can say something that don't exactly line up verbatim like the scripture says, but we know we're hearing from God on what God is saying. Don't knock them aside and say, you left out the, or you left out she or he, or that, or you left out thus says the Lord. No, because this is why the Bible said we prophesy in part, 
So we have to be careful. Don't just throw somebody under the bus because they may left out something in that scripture. They may bring it to you. They may paraphrase that scripture to you or something. But they're bringing you what God is saying. And the person that's hearing them, God may bring it that way too. Is because that's the way the person heard it. What I'm saying, God is giving it to them for where they are. So don't make a person feel like they're not hearing from God. So we can, as being human, everything that's written is already written. But sometimes you can bring it, and it might be off a little. But don't mean that that person is not hearing from God. That's why you go to that person, and you say, and what you said, I didn't quite understand what you're saying. And I guarantee you that person will say, well, let me direct you to the word and I'll explain to you what God is saying unto you. But a person that is really, truly in the word of God, that spend time with God, I guarantee you they're going to flow. They'll hit the nail right on the head. They're going to flow through them scriptures. They're going to give you what God is saying. And but sometimes people say, what are you saying? Some things you don't understand, put them on the shelf because it's for the future. It may not be for you right then. Just put it on the shelf and don't just knock that person down because the Holy Spirit is going to let you know whether or not that's false prophecy or um, anything like that. So he'll let you know. So spend time in your word and you'll know the difference. If you're not in your word, you won't know the difference. This is why when God deal with me, when I'm dealing with people, I deal with the heart. I don't care what that person do or how that person do it or how they say it. I say, Lord, show me their heart. You know their intentions better than I know their intentions. I know what they're saying and they don't do, but you know whether or not they're telling the truth. So I'm not going to judge this person and I'm not going to have nobody else judging them based on how I feel. So, Lord, you have to show me that person because sometimes we can get frustrated. We can get tired. But there's a reason that person does what they do. And that's our time to pray not to down a person. We have to be, that's love, y'all. The gifts operate by love. Jesus didn't give up on people, did he? Jesus already knew what was going on even before it was going on. Don't you know God will already show a person to get ready to lie? Before they even open their mouth, they get ready to tell you a lie. You know why? Because you got that connection with him. And God ain't going to let nobody get over on you. And some people can look you dead in your face and just spit out lie after lie after lie. And act like it ain't nothing. Save folk. Because it's such a part of them. But it's our job to love them. But it's our job to correct them. So they won't keep doing what they're doing so they'll be aware of what they're doing. So get into the word. Hear what the word is saying to you before you go try to prophesy to somebody else. If you ain't in the word yourself, who are you prophesying to? Because God operate out of his word. Amen. And whatever we do is motivated by love. So let's do it through love. Amen. I was going to do a little skit tonight, but I'm not going to keep you any longer. We'll work on that next week. Jennifer uh, Simpson looking at me like, huh? <laughs> she paying close attention. So I pray that we got the gift of prophecy next week. If it's the Lord's will, we will have a test on the gifts that speak, which is diverse tongues, and they call diverse tongues the different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and the gifts of prophecy. Amen.
That's what we'll be testing on. I know it's been a lot, but it's not going to be a lot of questions, but it will be enough for you to know. So don't, don't feel overwhelmed. Do we have any um, 